This is 88.5 NEPM. For Massachusetts gun law reform, lawmakers are in search of common ground. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is Beacon Hill in 5. Our look at the week ahead in politics and government in Massachusetts. We've got Chris Lazinski from the Statehouse News Service on the line. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Carrie. Last week, the state Senate held a nine-hour session debating a gun reform proposal aiming to rein in so-called ghost guns and prohibit devices that convert semi-automatic firearms into fully automatic ones. An example of those so-called Glock switches involved an anecdote from Springfield police, which bill author Cindy Cream shared with the Senate. Chris, did that Springfield story help sway lawmakers? It's definitely the kind of example that was high on lawmakers' minds as they waded through this bill. This bill had a lot of different sections targeting different areas of gun violence and the gun industry, but these Glock switches, auto sears, they're known by several different names, have really emerged as something that's concerning a lot of policymakers and public safety officials. Senator Cream said Springfield police reported a 75% increase in the number of shell casings recovered at crime scenes this year, reflecting just how many more bullets are allegedly being fired as a result of these switches that allow firearms to to fire more rapidly. We heard a very similar story from Middlesex District Attorney Marion Ryan during the bill's rollout, who said that, you know, even compared to just a few years ago, there are many, many more shell casings at crime scenes than uh, than public safety officials are, are used to seeing. So, Definitely an anecdote that really captures something that is high on the mind. And Senator John Velas of Westfield wanted to send a clear message to repeat offenders. In his amendment to the Senate gun reform bill, he says his amendment tells criminals if they're released after a violent or gun offense and then reoffend, they'll be detained until their trial. And now that passed with bipartisan support. Chris, what are the other proposals that senators attached to the original bill? Yeah, another change that senators made on the floor would uh, create a new crime for firing a gun at a police officer, punishable by up to five years in prison. Other amendments would change the text to create basically a grandfather clause to a codified version of the state's assault weapons ban. The lack of a grandfather clause in the original bill text was a point of concern that several lawmakers, especially Republicans, had raised during debate. And was concerning for many legal gun owners in the state, apparently. So what comes next for this gun bill and the House passed version from the fall? Right. Uh, As is so often the case, we expect this to go into closed door conference committee negotiations where A small team of hand-selected representatives and senators will basically try to hash out some kind of a compromise they can bring back for an up or down vote to send it to Governor Healy. That's always a tricky process, but especially given how heated the debate on this is and how much back and forth sniping between the House and Senate we saw over the process to advance these bills, That's looming as a a particularly contentious set of negotiations. Moving on, Governor Maura Healey has a plan to divert gaming revenues to patch a budget gap in next year's spending plan. But state gambling regulators oppose this. Why do they say it's not a great idea? And is that likely to convince lawmakers? Yeah, gaming regulators are, are a little bit concerned by this because the money that they bring in is already designated for a whole bunch of different things, 
around the state. Money automatically flows into the state's long-term savings account, debt reduction, as well as things like public health and supporting local communities. The Mass Gaming Commission signaled at its most recent meeting that members there don't really like this proposal from Healy, wish it wasn't in the budget, and they'll have a chance. The Ways and Means Committees up here on Beacon Hill are going to be holding a series of hearings in the next couple of months to weigh feedback about the budget. Expect gaming regulators to make their case directly to lawmakers to spike this idea. This week, there's a big Beacon Hill deadline at the end of the day Wednesday We'll know which bills will remain in play in the legislature for the rest of the term and which ones are going to be sent to wither away in study orders. Uh, What should we be watching for, Chris? Yeah, a good way to think about this deadline is really that it's a way to figure out what is officially off the table rather than what is definitely going to advance. Bills that are still in the mix might still die by the time the session wraps up this summer. They might just die sitting in ways and means without a vote. But this will be a really significant winnowing of the field and give us a glimpse at what kinds of topics legislative leaders still just don't have any appetite to take up. And they're winnowing from a pile of what, more than 3,000 bills? Oh, yeah. it's. I think it's even more than that. It might be more than 5,000 that are filed every two-year term. So the options are plentiful. We'll have our eyes peeled on some of the most high-profile bills. You think of things like the Safe Communities Act. This will be a sign of if they're still in the mix for the next five-ish months of the term or if their fate is already sealed at this point. Chris Lazinski is a reporter with the Statehouse News Service in Boston. Chris, thank you. Of course. This is Beacon Hill and Five, our weekly check-in at the Statehouse. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from NEPM and our website. That's nepm.org slash podcast. This is 88.5 NEPM. Thank <laughs> you.